Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. I would say you try to sue me, but I'm not redoing this bit. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, well, take three? Technically, the first take was two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Are we rolling? We are rolling. Yes, it's recording. Um... So, welcome to another episode of It Came From The Shed. We are once again social distancing, and we're your host, Siege. I'm Goose. You really hate doing these uh, introductions, <laughs> don't you? It's just whatever. I remember we had a talk about this very topic, like, years ago. <laughs> yes, I, I understand important to introduce the show. See, see our dear humble audience, I had to talk them and convince them why it is important to do these things. Oh, whatever. It's all about posterity's sake. <laughs> Man, I'm fucking smoking weed. I'm fucking Drinking some Jim Beam, watching the fucking Exorcist, dude. Fucking uh, rock and roll. Oh, uh, well. I wish I was doing something that cool. Uh, well, I guess for me it's cool. I've been playing Fall Fantasy 7 <laughs> Remake on my PlayStation 4. It's I'm not just... as cool. It's not as cool as smoking weed and watching the Exorcist. Uh. Gandalf staffs left and right, fucking crucifix, masturbation, fucking rock and roll. That is some rock and roll. You, that's some serious rock and roll cred right there. I ain't gonna lie. No, we'll get to the Exorcist though. Uh, uh, the the my VHS copy had a little documentary at the beginning I watched earlier, and uh, yeah, cool stuff. Is that what partially inspired the topics for tonight? Um, oh, fuck. Speaking of a crucifix scene, it's happening right now. <laughs> oh, oh <shit>. God. <laughs> I mean, it's, dude, it's fucking, it's actually pretty brutal. Like, uh, I watched this, like, a few weeks ago, like a week or two ago for the first time, and it blew my mind just, you know. It was like a stormy night. I was fucking stoned out of my fucking gomlet, you know, fucking. But uh, what 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 inspired me to look up uh, the topic was uh, I watched Cruising not too long ago again, and I uh, was doing research on that movie and came across the topic and realized, holy fuck. Understandable. Yeah. Um. He was actually... Have you seen season two of Mindhunter? I have not. I haven't even really watched Mindhunter the first season. Oh, well, they do a little interview with the or the subject of discussing later in the show or whatever. I know, like, the only time you had me watch... Like, I've only watched Mindhunter is when you're showing me that little bit where they were doing, like, their own little version of interviewing Wayne Henley. Oh, yeah, I remember that. 
And that was like the only time I've seen any bit of my Hunter. It was just that little bit. I didn't even watch the full episode because we ended up watching something else. You should check it out. I think you'd uh, like it quite a bit. I know you've been yelling at uh, me for over a year to watch it. <laughs> um, David Fincher is it's like his like a uh, dream child, you know. Oh shit, he's the that's yeah. right. You've been telling me he directs that. Yeah. So uh, I think you'd like it a lot. Uh, definitely check it out, especially if you liked, uh, you know, Seven and Zodiac. If you like that kind of vibe, oh, yeah. you know. Seven is like one of my all-time favorite movies too. I love. I fucking love Seven. We should do a whole David Fincher episode whenever we get back to doing, like, movie subjects. Oh, fuck. Does that mean we gotta actually talk about his version of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? <laughs> no, unless you want me to track that down. But nah, I, was- I have it on DVD. <laughs> well, my mom has it on DVD, but I really don't feel like watching that one again. It's not that bad movie, though, but... Let me see what movies I have by him, and we'll just pick a few. I know I, I definitely got social like, network, right? Forgot he did that. I haven't seen that in a while. He also did, I think, Gone Girl too recently. I, I haven't seen that. I've I heard have. about it. I haven't seen it. But I know I definitely have at least like seven and Zodiac. Uh did didn't he do a fight club? Uh I think so. I, I want to say I'm about 90% positive that he did. Hold on, hold on. I'm about to look that up. That sounds right, too, because he also had Nine Inch Nails. Uh, no, I'm, no, I'm still thinking of Seven. There was a remix of Closer in Seven, though. But, seven. And did, yeah, did, yeah. Um, but yes, Fincher. David Fincher did direct Fight Club, I'm looking at now. That okay. is true. And didn't he, didn't he get Trent Reznor to do the soundtrack to the social network? He got Trent Reznor to do the soundtrack to several movies, which includes the social network, the girl with the dragon tattoo. I want to say he was... Let me look at some of his recent filmography. Yeah, he did Gone Girl, which Trent Reznor also did the music for. That's what I thought. So, yeah. Like, his last three, well, not including the one that just came out or is in the process of being made, Mank. Yeah, that's an upcoming movie. Um, His last three movies that have been released <laughs> so far, Girl with uh, Social Network, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and Gone Girl, Trent Reznor did do the soundtracks for. And there is a remix, remix of Closer in 7. Which is actually on the Closer to God single, which I actually, I don't know. Do I have that on CD? Uh, I can't remember. Fucking nerd alert. Don't go fucking rambling through your nine snail CDs. I tell you, I, I actually was, I actually have a pretty extensive collection. Not all of them, but to a good bit of nine snail CDs there. <laughs> <laughs> to our humble audience, I, they're my biggest band of all they're my favorite band of all time so anytime i see like those remix cds or something i don't have i'm always looking to add to my collection so much i wouldn't rebought the same fucking albums i have on cd on vinyl you fucking nerd yep i now own the- spiral twice <laughs> for no reason <laughs> 
Now, speaking of that, I listened to Downward Spiral today on tape. Good shit. Yeah. I forgot I had it. Found yeah. it through my tape collection, and I was like, I'm going to fucking jam this, dude. Fuck. Hell yeah. Um, of course. Uh, I probably that, like uh, Reptile. That song really... Uh, that song slaps. Thinking. Yeah, it was fucking great through the stereo and the, you know. <coughs> oh, fuck. And, of course... Some... Oh, oh go, go on. I was going to say, I just got some fucking quarantine books in, too. Oh, I nice. Got, uh, how do you feel about doing episodes on bands at some point? An episode just dedicated to certain bands? Yeah. Um, sure. Why not? I mean... I got the book uh, on the cramps, and I thought the cramps would maybe be a cool, like, subject to get into. That would be really great. That would be really great. You know what I mean? Like, nothing too, like, you know, big or nothing, but... You know, I bet I could read the book and found some shit to talk about. And we're both pretty big fans of that band, so. Yeah, and we're talking about redoing a Steamcore episode. Um, Get that book. Get that fucking book. Get that fucking book. Yeah, I'm probably going to get that in the Encyclopedia of Hell book. Because that Encyclopedia of Hell looks so good. (laughs) I do recommend the last podcast book. I haven't uh, read too much in it because I'm trying to finish the post-mortal right now. But uh, really cool illustrations and stuff. I like uh, really cool drawings and cartoons. Good shit. And Good it's pretty, shit. Pretty cheap on uh, fuck Amazon, but um, I've got it from Amazon because I had to use a fucking credit or whatever you know i had some credit from amazon i had to spend you know and uh yeah i got it for like 16 bucks i still ain't got my new mic stand in fact my microphone is hanging inside like the i have like the broken piece of the mic stand hanging inside of my record player right now <laughs> I, dude i told you all you had to do is go on the, uh, the like your tracking info and change the shipping thing if you got prime to one day and they'll be here in a few days like i ordered these like saturday or sunday and i got both of them within the last two days you're definitely gonna have to remind me to do that after this is over <laughs> Alright, I got you. Like, uh, cause like, when I first ordered them, it said I wasn't gonna get them till May, and then I was like, fuck that, and I switched it to one day delivery to see if it made it any quicker, and I got them in like, two to three days. Yeah, like, I ordered my guitar pedals, which, I guess because it's not Amazon, they're shipped through like, the UPS. Um, yeah. I got that shit, like, cause I didn't even mean to like, get two day shipping with them. And I still got them in like two days, so that's cool. I'm really happy with my guitar pedals. I need to get on recording more shit. Yeah, Uh, you do. I got it. Yeah, uh, Quarantine Depression and Final Fantasy VII been hitting different. (laughs) 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 No, uh, I 
need some new material for me to use because I, I am working on some burial sound stuff, but I've been really busy with other shit too. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil too much of what you got with that because you just sent me something. So I don't want to tell the world till you tell people about it first since that's your, that's yeah, your thing. I'm not really going to talk about that much, but just say I'm really fucking busy putting out splits and collab albums with my noise project. But I'll let you be the one to make... I'll let that be your prerogative to make announcements. Um, And, of course, I got added into some kind of group chat with other things being talked about, which you apparently uh, were the one to uh, tell them to put me in. I didn't, I, could, I didn't know how to add you, so I told... Yeah, but... Yeah, it's some comp thing. I figured you'd be into it with burial sounds or future of vultures or something. Yeah, technically, I, I still make music under that name. <laughs> the one thing most people don't know about yet. I figured you probably were working on something with that or something while in quarantine. Yeah, uh, it's for. I guess I'll at least put it out here. It is my attempt to make pop music just probably not what most people think pop music is your mom's pop music your mom's your, Iggy pop your mom's pot music because she's a pot smoker and she's a horrible person because he smokes weed you know that's I, I wish that was somewhat true not that whole statement but part of that statement Maybe some things would be a little chiller in my life. I mean, your mom smokes weed. She just doesn't do it around y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I know that's some bullshit. So do it around me and shit, but not around y'all. Man, I, you know how I know that's bullshit, because us stoners just have this thing, you know, where we can recognize other stoners. It's just an instinctual thing. Yeah, you know, apparently when I'm chilling with, like, my hoodie on and I have a hood up, people think I'm a drug dealer for some reason. I mean, most people say that about me for some reason when I'm just standing around in sweatpants and a hoodie on, too. I don't know why. We just give off that vibe. We be vibing. Yeah, but I'm not a drug dealer. I can bear weed. (laughs) That quarantine weed be hitting different. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Actually, I, I have smoked a little bit too much weed with him the last couple of days, but I'm just rocking and rolling and fucking making tunes in my car, fucking, you know. Oh, yeah, that whole song I sent you was pretty much recorded for my car. Oh, nice, nice. I'm still mad that you kind of got my noisemaker box, but I'll deal with that later. I want to hear what it sounds like through a synthesizer pedal, y'all. I'll trade it off to you. I just got to fix a few things on it because I was getting experimental on it. You good. You Gucci. Well, All right. Like, some oh. of the wires. Whatever. Gotcha. Whatever. All right. We're going to move into our music section of what we've been listening to. Um, 
What the fuck have we not been talking about? Hasn't it been mostly music? Well, we've been talking about making what music. Have, what the fuck have we been talking about? Well, we've been, just, okay, we whatever. Let's off on a tangent. Because <laughs> it is going to lead into, I guess, the first topic about what I want to bring up. Alright, alright. Are we doing that, uh, the favorite 10 of the last 20 years, or did you just want to talk about that topic? We're gonna, we're gonna talk about that topic, not the favorite checks. I'm still, I, when I keep making that list, I keep going back and forth on a lot of things, so it's difficult. Alright, let's get into the, the discuss, discuss, discussing of your top <laughs> god damn it I was gonna at least drop name drop some bands I was listening to right quick <laughs> oh yeah I okay yeah I've, I've actually listened to a few things too cause you were trying to mention before we had to redo the segment that you were listening to Sightless Pit yeah dude that was a cool album I like that a lot um and it has what yeah, I was going to say, because that's the super group that features Lee Buford of The Body, Dylan Walker of Full of Hell, and Kristen Hader of Lingua Ignota. Yeah, dude. Really cool, like, ambient noise. Fucking, I like it a lot. It goes, it's, uh, Slap, it's more of a... bro. That shit slaps. Yeah, it's more of a just that, of it's... course, but, you know. It's, you kind of went out there my description's not very good, but check it out. I like the album a lot. But yeah, that shit slaps. That shit slaps hard. Uh, I was listening. I've been getting into this like weird black metal band from Minnesota called Book of Sand, um, with named after the book by Louis uh, Brunel, Louis Brunel, the uh, one of the famous writers. Um. This band's really interesting in that they are actually a really political band. Um, but, you know, unlike most political black metal that most people would think of, this band is political in a good way, I guess. I mean, the song that turned me on to finding out about this band was the, song, was the first song on their album, Destruction, Not Reformation, which is called No Excuses for Fascist Sympathy. Nice. And, and you know, that title right there should sum up about most of what you need to know about where this band leans politically. You know, and that says a lot being they're also black metal because, you know, like one of the most common complaints about black metal these days is, oh, it's full of fucking skinheads, fascists, you know, the NSBN Nazi black metal bullshit, socialist black metal bullshit that belongs in the garbage. Fuck that shit, you know, so... It's nice to actually see bands like this, you know, still putting out good, heavy black metal that's really inventive, too. It's not just playing to the whole cult mentality or trying to look the part, either. It's just about, you know, trying to push, you know, be good at at least making this kind of music while still having a message that people like us can get behind. You yeah. don't have to worry about some racist or fascist bullshit. In fact, you got messages they're telling you quite the opposite. Um, and I, I actually, I, oh, go on. I was gonna say I'd have to listen to it, but I'm still probably not gonna like it. No, I know you're not big into black metal. 
Unless it's like Leviathan or some shit. There's very few. But, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, the band I, the album I bought from them today was called, on Bandcamp was called Occult Anarchist Propaganda, which comes with a patch. Justice and equality demand the extinction of all sentient life. So, yeah. Good shit. I only bought the CD because apparently it's like the only thing I can get, but I'm going with it. Um, I fell asleep listening to uh, Vicosi Fanny Tootie album Tootie. Nice. That's a good one. That was a. Yeah, that's a really good one. And then what was the one that got me banned on Facebook? Uh, I would have to see that one. I, I wouldn't be surprised. The one that sent you. Yeah, because you were telling me about that. Hold on. I should be able to tell you in just a moment. I can't think of the name, but that one is uh really good, too. That one, I was... Uh, Took a drive and listened to that album and uh, amazing stuff. Really cool, like uh, early synthesizer stuff, I would think, right? Well, not oh, really. yeah. Well, I mean, you could hear or like her and Chris, uh, Chris Carter really working because I'm pretty sure she was working. Like, I know after the dissolution of Throb and Gristle, they, besides become lovers, they also work really closely with one another, too. You yeah. know, following that. Um, so, you know, there's a, I'm sure he's, like, all over the place on that. I'm kind of going off the top of my head for what I can remember, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. Because, like, pretty much almost everything, like, following Throb and Gristle, they both kind of work very closely with each other. Um, the album you're thinking of is called Time. Time, yes. That one is, I, will, I love that one. Yeah. Time to tell, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. I didn't but yeah, it. it got me banned on Facebook because I guess of the uh, cover art image. But yeah, I've speaking of that weird thing about getting banned, like I posted, like I was trying message of an album because sometimes i message myself things just to be like oh i'm gonna send this to myself so i can remember to look at it and check it out later and like facebook wouldn't let me send it to me and i'm like what the fuck i'm trying to message myself and i can't do that so facebook be on some bullshit sometimes yeah fuck facebook oh i didn't i didn't know how well the exorcist movie is like a great Halloween movie. There's like fall leaves and it's all cold looking. We'll get to that. Sorry, I'm just fucking. It's still on. I just want to point out that Baja Blast is back. I'm glad you sent me that picture because I had to go to Food Line yesterday to get some shit, and I bought yeah. me a 12 pack of this. Oh, oh fuck yeah, dude! Fuck yeah. So I'm drinking Baja Blast as we do this episode. So I just want you to know. It came from the shed. Officially endorses Mountain Dew Baja Blast. We're not official, actually, but I wish we were. We're not getting paid, but we're spreading the word. We're still going to spread the word. We belong to the cult of the Holy Baja Blast. I was so happy when I saw it back. I bought, like, two or three of them. 
It's really like the birds have returned from their spring migration. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe it's a seasonal thing. I think it is, actually. No, shit. Because it did go away for a few months, remember? Yeah. You could only get it at Taco Bell at certain uh, places. Fuck Creamer Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck Creamer Taco Bell. That is the worst fucking... No. Oh, man. If y'all... if y'all, <laughs> Should we tell them the story about how I left a really bad review? Because oh, of... because they didn't have no blast. <laughs> no, they're also pretty bad about making burritos, too, though. Yeah, and one time they gave me the wrong chicken. I asked for Nashville hot, and they gave me the honey mustard. And I'm like, how do you get that mixed up? They're just on some bullshit. In fact, you were with me one time when we had to go through the drive-thru three times to get my shit right. <laughs> oh, dude. Was that like last summer? It was like sometime a few months ago. Oh, that... that, that place needs to be burned down to the ground i hope nobody dies i'm just saying i hope that establishment with nobody in it burns to the ground you uh, better better hope it doesn't actually burn down in the near future because now you're, you're emitting arson on um, internet radio i'm not admitting it to shit because i ain't got the balls to actually do it but if it burns down the authorities could hear this and be like well we got a suspect let's book him and then uh, you're in jail 20 years for burning down a taco bell that you didn't here, see here's me admitting my innocence right here that i ain't even gonna do shit fuck your fuck your innocence you're you're not you're you're not you're you're innocent until proven guilty and that's by a court of your peers and they're gonna be very upset that you burnt down a taco bell <laughs> I mean, are people really going to be upset about that particular Taco Bell? <laughs> you burnt down the local Taco Bell KFC. That means two places out of the five we go to to eat is gone. Fucking... It just means people got to go a little longer to go to a better version of the same you, restaurant. You murdered 120 stray cats and other animals that lived in and out of that taco bell kfc restaurant you um put did damage to the wendy's next to it as well as the food line damn because that wendy's is pretty far yeah that is a pretty far wendy's i even go in front on the wendy's except for the fact that they can only do two drive-through window orders at a time yeah <laughs> a uh, a, uh barrel of gasoline baba dumpster blew up from all the fire and it went on to 85 and it hit a school bus full of orphanage and they died in a fiery car accident that's on you stop stop i can only get so erect here that's on you <laughs> all the burning nuns oh now i'm crying yeah orphans and nuns on fire that's the saddest direction I've ever had. Oh. Just wait <laughs> until we talk about Dean Coral. You're all going to be erect for that one. I'm kidding. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm, it's a joke. 
it's, it's going to be the quite opposite. All right. Well, moving on. The first topic of tonight, we're going to the first real topic. It took us about thirty minutes to get to this point. But um, <laughs> well, our first real oh, topic. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Watch um, watch um, Neon Maniacs. That's a fucking great movie. All right, <laughs> I'll check it out. <laughs> All right, our first real topic of the night before. We- We get to debate. It's mostly not like me trying to argue or fight with people. I'm just trying to debate with people because it's fun for me to have these kinds of conversations. As I'm sure it is kind of fun. You're just trying to be edgy. How is it edgy? You're 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 just trying to be edgy with your opinions. I like I'm literally opening it up for people to tell me what they think. I want to know what Actually you cut out a little bit, so I'm just talking shit now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I, I thought I was being pretty open to re- and receptive to other people giving their opinions on the matter. My ex bandmate was trying to debate me on this, and I got him to admit what his what he thought was the album he thought was the most important in extreme metal in the last ten years, the past decade. He wouldn't tell me his reason though, and that disappoints me because I want to know. I genuinely care. I genuinely care. Well, you made me think about that, and um, I'm going to go with, like, a Thou record, because Thou was definitely the band that fused the indie world and the DIY scene and all that kind of together. I feel like they had a big impact on doing that, so that's my opinion. I'm going to go with the one I think got more attention from a wider audience, so I'm going to go with Magus. The newest one, yeah, yeah. I see that. I see that because that they had a really high profile in 2018, leading up to that, especially with all the EPs coming before that too. Um, like they had the inconsolable thing, which is one of my favorite things they did too, with the quote unquote unplugged <laughs> sound. <coughs> my bad. And, no, you're good, and, like, that album really kind of melded together, like, all the sounds, that different sounds that the EPs were going for, and literally just brought it all together on that one album, too. And as a band, you know, you were saying something that brought the different people in different kinds of music together. You all liked, you know, extreme music or whatever. And I thought that was a good... uh like reputation of that because like um good example johnny when he saw thou he that changed his opinion on that kind of like what he thought of that kind of music you know what i mean yeah because he didn't really like he does well he still doesn't really like sludge metal that much or doom but that was one band he did change his stance i will say i will say he came over the other day jamming a band called uh i think it was like oil brain or something like that and it was some like grief worship and it was fucking it was tight i liked it that sounds pretty tasty that sounds pretty tasty now i'm not gonna say they're straight up grief worship but you know what i mean when i say grief worship. yeah well grace a tasty band they got them tasty doom riffs 
yeah, fucking, oh my god, don't get me started on grief. But yeah, yeah, I, I get, I see your point with mentioning Val, and that is actually a really good point. Um, it's actually a, re- I, yeah, that's good. That's what I want to hear. You know, that's my that's my take on what you requested. You asked. That's what I my mind went to was, you know, personally, my favorite Thou album of the last uh, 10, 20 years since they've been a band was Heathen. But, yes. uh, but in reference was, to my question, which I don't think I even mentioned yet, was what is the most important record towards oh, extreme it, music? I, I thought you had already, like... I vaguely mentioned it, but we hadn't properly phrased it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, mine is Thou, Thou's Magus that came out a year or two ago? Two years ago? Almost two years ago. It came out in the summer of 2018. It's still the spring of 2020 as of right now. Okay. Well, I will say... From your question and whatnot, it's definitely that album helped bring together a com- the community, helped push the indie and DIY scene that you, that I've already explained it, but you know. All right, and I'm gonna bring my point of which you know about, which I've started the conversation with originally on Facebook, is that I think Death and Sunbay the re- most impactful records in extreme metal music in the last decade because I got to see Death Heaven right after that album came out like a week and then of course we saw him again two years ago with Uniform and Drive Majesty and yeah, the two years that was two years almost two years ago now damn but like that's pretty much like I had a five year break between seeing Death Heaven, you know, in tw- the two times I saw him, I saw him pretty much five years apart. Um, and that the biggest change between seeing the live is like a they when I first saw them they were playing King's Barricade in Raleigh and they packed that show, and then I went to go see them play at Cat's Cradle and that show, you know, it wasn't daughters <laughs> packed, but that show had a lot of people. Yeah, um, you know. And Cat's Cradle, I think my daughter's show was probably sold out. Yeah, yeah, that was the most. To be honest, that's the most people I've ever seen at Cat's Cradle. Period. Yeah. Um, but like what I'm getting out of that, those of course, like I think of Cat's Cradles as like a more, like as a step up of a venue from King's Barricade. You know, in terms of like professional venues and stuff. Like. Yeah. When I saw Def Heaven play back in 2013, they were still playing like, you know, your more basic clubs. And then right after that, they really, really blew up and were like playing really big places all of a sudden. And like, because off three decibel, you know, they were darlings in that. But then I started seeing like more indie publications and stuff publishing like AP or whatever, magazines, rags that, you know, I normally don't give a fuck about. But, like, I started seeing them getting pressed from places that normally wouldn't give a shit about an extreme metal band, especially a band that heavy. And to see, like, how much attention they were getting from that really was kind of amazing. Because at the time, like, there were still, like, some indie or smaller bands getting attention. But now they were either that extreme or they were just in a different realm altogether, like... 
for Death Heaven's art, you know, like with the pink album cover for a black metal record, like that was pretty a big deal. I remember to a lot of people because a lot of people in the black media community were like, oh, what the fuck, dude? You can't have a pink album cover for black metal. That's not cult at all. Well, and, I yeah. respect that. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And of course, a lot of these cult black metal people were all like, oh, it's not like cold Norwegian. It's not like mayhem bullshit. It's not like the Norwegian sound or whatever. It's yeah. not so lo-fi. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of a good thing. You know, it's different too. Like, yeah. they're not trying to like just rehash the same shit. They're literally trying to take that black metal sound Combine it with the shoegaze indie kind of sound and just bring it all to a whole different level into a new platform. Because um, as I said, like when I make this debate, like I, as much as I like that record, it's not even like in really in my top ten favorite records of the past decade. I will change my mind; it may be in my top twenty, but if it is, it's kind of closer towards the bottom. But you know, that's not the point about me trying to say, "Oh, this is my favorite thing." This is like. Out of all albums in the stream metal culture, what has made an impact? And when I look back on it, I've seen like extreme metal seem to get more attention since because, like, oh, if Death Heaven was able to bring this to attention, it caused other people to say, oh, we're going to look at other bands in this extreme metal scene because there might be something really legit here. That Actually, other people. I know, I, I know what album of the last 10 years that, um, brought the metal community together which one the latest metallica release <laughs> that, wait what, wasn't uh, the last one death magnetic <laughs> i have no idea dude uh <laughs> hey, i just, we thought, were of having... I just thought of metallica i'm like <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say some dumb shit real quick you know metallica Hey, I'm going to personally defend this because I think we had this debate sometime last year where we're, where I was trying to tell someone, I was like, oh, I actually kind of like the fucked up snare sound on St. Anger, though. Not the best Metallica oh, thing in the world. But, but it's a cool snare sound. Everybody likes to talk shit about that snare sound, and I was listening to it. I was like, you know, I kind of like that. It reminds me like what I hear in grindcore and punk and stuff. It's yeah. I, I never had a problem with a Saint Anger drum sound. I, it's just I like the sound quality, like the so the quality of the songs. It's just <laughs> that's not what I want to hear from Metallica. But then again, I don't think I've listened to Saint Anger in like years now. Well, I was listening to Gimme Five Radio, and someone was playing a song off that album. And that's when I thought about it. Then and I was like, you know. The, the drum sounds pretty good to me. I like it. I like it. I defend this. I will defend that drum, that snare sound. People yeah. are talking mad shit, but I will stand by it. It's just these quality of songs in general. This is not what I want to hear from Metallica. Because, you know, I love, you know, the classic shit. Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets. Yeah. And, justice for, and there will be justice for and injustice for all. That's oh, like my favorite Metallica kill album. Kill them all, dude. Kill them all is fucking amazing, you know. You did, you did say kill them all. I did. I was but, going to get to yeah, it. The, the first four, first four. Hey, I ain't. Go, don't forget metal up your ass. That's like that's really a, if you want to go that far. Is They're it metal up your ass? Just the original title for kill them all. I think so. Actually, I thought it was separate for some reason, but I may be 
confused there. I think it it's what they wanted to name kill them all. But either but way, I, I'm not a Metallica history buff. Yeah, every, what I'm trying to get at is everything from Injustice for All back is great. From the Black Album onwards, I don't really give a fuck about. Hold up, hold up. How did we get here talking about Metallica like we are when I just made a shitty joke about their last bad album and we, we got to this point? Well, now it's on record. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to go with Ride with Lightning. That's my favorite. Alright, well, to close out my next point, to close out the point where I thought Death Heaven, somebody that was the most important, you said that Magus would be the, your idea. Now I want to bring the conversation to general music, not just extreme music, but music as a whole. Because I was telling you Monday that I thought that Tyler the Creator in Goblin was the most important, he's the most important artist of the past 10 years, and that Goblin was one of the most important records of the last 10 years. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you with that, just because when that came out, it definitely changed uh, the environment for people our age, you know what I mean? Like in our uh, age even, group, you know? Yeah, even I mean, fashion even, changed. Yeah. Fashion definitely fucking changed. You know, it had a big impact. So I'm agreeing with you on that. I'm not gonna agree about the Beyonce bullshit, but I will. I will agree with you on the Tyler the Creator stuff. Well, I thought about that, and I feel more strongly that Tyler the Creator holds a more stronger place than Beyonce. So I'm gonna just stay at Tyler the Creator for right now and just leave it at that. And that Goblin, because as we were saying, you know. We both haven't, re- we still somewhat, like, I kind of go back to here and there, but not that often. But still, yeah. that's besides the point. It's the fact that, like, so much shit has changed since that album came out. Like, culture yeah. has really been impacted. Like, that dude got a show on Adult Swim, and Adult Swim is a channel that's influenced a major part of my life. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I feel weird saying this, but Adult Swim has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember now. I remember when yeah. it first became a thing, you know? Back in, like, what, 2003 or four? Yeah, was that one yeah. Of- I, yeah. Uh, I remember I, it, like, I, early 2000. I, yeah, I saw the first episode of Venture Bros. You know? I did, too. Like, you know, when it, like, aired... And then for yeah, Todd Crater to get so popular that he got his own show, Lawyer Squad, on Adult Swim. Yeah, dude. I'm, a, I'm agreeing with you. I got to ask, though, if you think uh, Earl didn't end up uh, going missing during that time period, and if he released an album, do you think he would have blown up just as much as uh, Tyler? It's hard to say, because really, Tyler was kind Because, like... We've you've heard me mention this that I actually like mellow hype out of the whole golf wing thing more than like Tyler the Creator's actual music. And Wait, do you things like, like do you like mellow yeah. hype more than Earl? Uh no, I like Earl more. Okay, yeah. But I don't really consider Earl much of a golf wing thing anymore. Oh, he definitely branched out because he I know for a fact he definitely does not consider and he's tried to pro, pro like specifically move away and completely disassociate and break off from that now. Yeah. 
So I know he has nothing to do with that now, and he definitely tries his hardest to distance himself. Um, it's really hard to say because you know, in terms of like the whole golf wing thing, Wolf Game thing that he was doing at the time, Tyler the Creator was definitely the head of that. So it's hard to really speculate on how that could have played off because it all would have probably depended on how Tyler would help market that too if he was still yeah, doing I mean- stuff in that period. Because I think Doors was as big as it was was because of all the, uh, you know, where's the, the role. Yeah, yeah the just type Like, true or but, not, that is some of the best type you can get. Yeah. For better or worse. But Goblin, well, like, think about Goblin is like, what is one of the biggest responsible things for SoundCloud rappers and bedroom rappers and producers. Yeah, dude. Everyone tried to to be a a producer after uh, Tyler, the creator, came out in our town. Like, SoundCloud rappers and bedroom producers for that kind of stuff, they would not be where they're at without Goblin's influence and Tyler, the creator, in general. Just saying. That's at where it's at because that album dropped. I agree with you on that. 100% 100% Goblin. Yep. I'm with you. Because I, I sat there and thought long and hard about this. And, I mean, Tyler the Creator is still relevant to this day. He's got shit with ASAP Rocky now, who is fucking fire, you know. I'll dig yeah, it. Did you watch that freestyle video of them in Paris? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, his album was pretty good. Uh, uh, Tyler Creator's album, Flower Boy. Yeah, yeah, Flower Boy's pretty dope. Um, and I remember some of the previous singles from this last few albums. So like, he's been, he's been dropping consistently good shit. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I don't pay enough attention to some of that stuff as I should. Honestly, and I'm guilty of that. Just so much music. Because honestly, the past ten years of music has been fucking great. Like, especially with rap rap artists, I usually just tend to listen to the ones I really like the most, and when they come out with new stuff, is usually the, when I listen to more rap, you know, but I don't really tend to go back and listen to, like, Tyler the Creator as much, you know? Well, maybe we should. Alright, bro, well, we're going to use this to lead in, we're going to close this discussion out, then we're going to move into what you want to bring up, and which will be the centerpiece of this whole podcast tonight. Cool, we got some fucking curses, we got horror movies, we got true crime, we got trash bag fucking killers. Bam, bam, bam. Trash bag killers. Yeah, uh, so pretty much um since i've been in quarantine i've been going through my movies a lot you know and i watched cruising which is one of my favorite movies of all time have you have you seen cruising cj we watched it together last year okay i I wasn't sure if it was something you've seen or not (laughs) i I I definitely remember watching it with you I never know. We watched it before you moved into the camper. Well, fuck. But yeah, I fucking love cruising, dude. Like, something about that. 
I'm really I'm really into those like seedy, sleazy New York movies from the seventies and eighties, like Taxi Driver and Maniac and shit, you know? And uh oh. Cruising was one I've always uh heard about, but it was super hard to find. And I Which I mean got, it's got germs on the soundtrack. Yeah, uh I that's probably where I heard about it first time was from uh you know, being a germs fan in middle school, you know. Try to find it that way, just to see. Uh, I think they were actually in a scene, in a deleted scene or something, where they were playing a bar. Oh yeah, something like a food fight or something happened, or I may have been for when they were trying to get on, uh, perform for another movie. It it's hard to tell. Like, yeah, yeah. With uh, Willie, with Darby Crash, it could have been anything. <laughs> I did. I didn't really do much research on the two movies because. Uh, I figured we'd talk about the dude who's, like, centered around, uh, well, okay, so, in, uh, fuck, when the fuck was The Exorcist came out? When did that come? Oh, 1973? Yeah, 1973. Okay, so, in the movie, um, the character, uh, Linda Blair's character, fucking Reagan, right? Yep. Fucking uh get say uh cerebral 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 anagraphy. Cerebral geography. I watched the scene and it's really fucked up. I'm actually not sure if I'm saying that last word right, but I know it's pronounced cerebral. Cerebral. Okay. Well, have you seen the scene with him in it? Did yeah, yeah. Anything? Yeah, that's fucking brutal, but apparently the dude in it. Paul, uh, is it Bateson? 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 Yep. Paul Bateson. Bateson? Um, he was a, uh, fucking, uh, hold on, I'm looking for the word that radiological technician. And he was, um, William Frankton, the director of Exorcist, asked him to be in the movie after watching a perform a uh, operation. And, um, it turns out that. He, okay, so a few years later in 1975, he was convicted for stabbing to death a uh, journalist and was suspected of another six murders called the trash bag murders. And that uh, they found uh, none of the victims were ever identified, but they found them floating in the Hudson Valley. And what ties them to the uh, to Paul Bateson was the trash bags had the. Uh, logo or the initials of the hospital he worked at so that's what kind of tied him into into people thinking he was involved in those murders yeah because while i'm reading he had a very big he was like really much very much an alcoholic especially like around the time of the exorcist like he even went to re an alcoholics anonymous and he socialized with what apparently i'm reading is was other al recovering alcoholic gay men because he had been very much involved in that New York gay scene, from what I'm reading. Yeah, um, I believe some of the victims' clothes or fabric was also traced to uh, gay stores in Greenwich Village, I believe. So That's uh, what I'm seeing, too. Yeah, yeah, he had a connection with that as well. Because he's definitely, there's some, uh, I'm definitely reading that he, apparently he was really much into the le with very leather look. That's very so you know with like leather, you know like gay bikers, you know the whole gay biker look and stuff. 
Like in my mind, I just keep thinking he's like has a whole fetish based on what like Rob Halford and Judas Priest looks like. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he pretty much gets busted for killing a uh, journalist, and then uh, pretty much confesses to like cellmates about the other murders that the police are already kind of suspecting he was doing. You know, and when all this happens. Um, William Frankton hears about it and decides to fucking finally direct the movie Cruisin', which is based off of a, a book from 1970 that, uh, um, that was written in 1970 that, uh, they wanted him to direct, but he didn't really have no interest in until all of this happened with, uh, Paul Bateson. So he, uh, kind of switched up the plot a little bit put it more into the leather scene and have a trash bags involved, you know? By the way, what you're trying to think of was the 1970 novel Cruising of the same name written by Ger- Gerald Walker. Yeah, my internet went out when I tried to click on it. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and he was portrayed by Morgan Kelly in an episode of Mindhunter, which you were telling me about. I'm seeing that, too. Which, I don't know if we lost that in the bit when we tried to record this episode originally. I haven't really watched that show. I know you've been yelling at me forever to watch it, so I'll eventually get there. But yeah, um, I thought it was just a weird story we could, plus uh, The Exorcist and Cruising are really cool movies, and there's a lot of uh, weird shit that happened on The Exorcist as well, you know, like the exorcist curse with the actors dying and the studio burning down and all that fun stuff you know like the real funny thing that i should have known before going into this before i even looked up all this and just learned was that the dude who directed the exorcist is the same dude who directed cruising and i really did not know that until before going into all this so i'm like kind of slapping myself in the face for not realizing that how did you not know this? I, I did talking- not know until after we started diving in, like, till you sent me the link and started telling me about oh, it. Motherfucker. I thought you, like, knew that. No, I'm dumb about some shit sometimes, okay? Um, two movies by William Frankton I really want to check out is a movie from, like, 1985 called Rampage that's uh, loosely based on Richard Chase. I do know Rampage. Ooh, good. Uh, good movie. I like Rampage. Nice. Okay, I'll check it out. And um, he did a movie in like 2008 or something with Matthew McConaughey called uh, I think Killer Joe. I was just reading about that. I have not seen that one, but that one looks good. I do want to check that one out. I haven't seen it, but I've seen a scene from it, and uh, I've been really wanting to see it. It's uh. I feel like it's a really fucked up movie. Plus, plus Matthew McConaughey is... Uh, I, I really love Matthew McConaughey as an actor. Just saying. Yeah, dude, Gibby, like, as long as he's not doing that romantic comedy bullshit like he used to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just kind of have to push out the character he did in Days to Confuse because <coughs> Tom, Tom has come to reveal that that shit is really creepy. That shit is really creepy, and it creeps me out to hear him do those lines now. 
Just imagine him, but with Dean Coral's face. Oh. That's, that's a thought that sends chills up my spine. You know what I like about all them high school boys? They stay the same age. Because they're goats. Yo, Matthew McConaughey playing Dean Coral. Holy shit, dude. I bet that could work. I'm sorry, for it, like I know. I just had that idea, and I'm sitting here thinking, "What if? What if? What if? What if, dude? Call fucking David Fincher and be like, yo, get the rights to the man with the candy, homie. Fucking, let's make this movie. Get Matthew McConaughey to do Coral Cor- because he can even pull off the look. I bet you yep. it would take much to get Matthew McConaughey to pull off that look. No, dude, just kind of give him like. Uh, yeah, yeah, he could fucking do it. Like he's got the voice. He could. I know for a fact he could do the voice that I imagine Dean Coral has. You know. Okay, I have to ask. I know it's off subject, but do you imagine him having like a gay Southern Texan accent, or do you imagine him just being like a Southern gentleman? Uh more Southern gentleman, because I imagine in the time period and all he lived, he would be trying to hide that more. Yeah, but I just feel like it would be a little bit funner if he had the, like, gay... You gotta remember, he's trying to, like, also appeal to all the people around him to not seem different or off in any way. So I'd imagine, like, he he definitely fixed his voice in a very proper way. So I would definitely go Southern Gentleman. Okay, yeah. Off subject, but, um... Fuck. I mean, I, I didn't really do too much research into these topics, but I just thought it would be a fun thing to talk about the weird true crime connection with an exorcist and cruising. And cruising is so good. It got fucking, um, it has um Joe Spinell in it. He was in Taxi Driver and hey, made uh, a Godfather. He makes a fucking, uh, like a little cameo as a, as a fucking sleazy fucking cop. And, um, well, man, I mean, it's a good movie. Al Pacino stars in it. Um, a lot of people don't really know about this movie because, um, when it came out, it was kind of controversial and whatnot. And I mean, it's been see out why. of print. It's been out of print, too. So definitely look up Cruising if you're into that kind of like realism, true crime, New York sleaze movies, you know, like. I know not all of them are like that, but, you, you know, if you liked Maniac... Well, I, I, I got the Wikipedia page pulled up. Oh, what? If you like Taxi Driver or Maniac, I think you would fucking love Cruising. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a good movie to recommend if you like both those movies. For sure. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask, because I do have the page Wikipedia page for Bateson pulled up to add to the topic... Um, he's at the end of the introduction. They say as of 2020, they don't know if he's still alive or dead. Um, he got released. He got released from prison on parole. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say that later on. Um, by the way, also, uh, William Frechton in a 2018 interview said that he was uh, living upstate New York. (laughs) Yeah, that he was living upstate New York, but also that he admitted to the six trash bag murders. But one thing I wanted to add, though, 
because it also says this here that our social security record shows that a Paul F. Bateson with the same birth date and social security number had died on September 15, 2012. He's probably dead. So, I mean, just wanted to throw that bit out there while I'm looking at it. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I know there ain't much evidence that he did the trash bag murders, but I don't see why he couldn't have done the trash bag murders. Yeah, because what I'm seeing is that he served 24 years and three months and became eligible for parole in 1997. And on the day after his 63rd birthday in August 2003, he was released from the Arthur Kill Correctional Facility on Staten Island. You think he was too, if he did, like commit all those murders do you think he was too old to continue committing murders or do you think he like tried it out again uh he was probably just tired i mean most people i know who reached the age of 50 usually start kind of getting like uh and he was 60 something by that time like yeah. even though even it, like the real old serial killers eventually just start giving up <laughs> did even btk kind of just stop killing for a while I mean, you got to think about it. Moving a dead body takes work. You're not as fit as you used to be anymore. Your joints start to hurt. Arthritis setting in. It takes a lot more. It's going to be hard to drug and tie up some young guy, too, if you're, like, 63 years old. Like, it's a lot of work to have to kill somebody and then try to hide the body and cover up the crime. Like... You're just going to get to a point where you're going to be like, ah, fuck it. Or you're just going to be forgetting too many steps and you know it's going to be too much trouble. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it says that he completed his parole officially after leaving prison in 2008, in the November of 2008. Okay. Well, he was probably dead. And I think he probably committed those murders. Um, but yeah, this is the last public record of Bateson available as of 2020, where he's living on Fever's Alive is not known. And, and it's like, um, the way he got caught was maybe he got interrupted. Yeah, there's there, there's that weird thing. But he, there's definitely reports that he had been bragging about it, even seemed to be bragging about it during his trial, kind of making little sly references about it. Yeah. Apparently, the police did not read him his Miranda rights, though. Oh. Oh, well, no, he's arg- he argued that because he was drunk and that the police were, hadn't read him his rights. Oh. That's an alleged fact. That is not proven true. How is it an alleged fact? Well, it doesn't say that. It's just alleged. That, it can't it, be a fact if it's alleged. Well, yeah, you got me there. Bad choice of words on my part. But it's just saying he argued that he was drunk at the time he was arrested and that the police had not read him his rights. So it's no, there's no real evidence to say whether that was true or not. Because, you know, at the time, the police didn't have cameras or whatever either. Like they do, like they're supposed to now. Also, I have to point out a scene in Cruisin'. Um, what the fuck was up with it when the black dude in the Speedo walks in with a cowboy hat and slaps the fuck out of Al Pacino? 
<laughs> and like it's funny, but <laughs> afterwards Al Pacino sees him sitting by the window reading a newspaper and he's like you slapped me real fucking hard and he takes his hat and just throws it out the fucking window Maybe there's some context coming from coming from our world of straight white men that we just don't know here. <laughs> the uh, ending of cruising is fucking great when his girlfriend puts on all the leather stuff and looks sort of like the killer, and then you start thinking like, could he be the killer? Could C be the killer? <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> now the movie ends and it's like, fuck. Because it's one of those movies where it could have been like another two more hours and I would have been rock and roll about it, you know? Like, give rock me a and roll. But, uh, yeah. I cannot and, uh, understate how great the soundtrack to Cruising is. It, it's pretty fucking great and I, I want to talk more about cruising than the exorcist because i feel like everybody fucking knows the exorcist and all that stuff you know yeah um cruising is the movie i'm definitely more into just for various different reasons yeah me too um yeah i mean i grew up watching the exorcist and it's kind of just a standard movie i mean Cruising is definitely a one-of-a-kind experience. Did your mom let you watch Exorcist? No, I watched it at my babysitter's house. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, because, like, that's how I really got into most horror movies was because my babysitter's kids would let me watch stuff or they were trying to, like, freak me out. Like, that's how I watched Jason X, the one Jason in space, and, like, I got real freaked out about the whole... Uh, liquid nitrogen freezing that doctor's face as soon as he wakes up and smash on the table. Like, that was one of the few things that freaked me out. So, like, yeah, they were trying to show me the exorcist as a thing to freak me out. And that actually didn't really have the biggest impact on me when I was a kid. Um, I, I got an idea for another future episode, but we should cover, like, a franchise. Oh, yeah, because uh, I will say, like, out of the big franchise, well, Halloween's going to be my favorite franchise, really. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Friday for me. It's really hard because they're both very similar. And well, I will say the best thing I love about the Friday the 13th franchise compared to the Halloween is that Friday the 13th kind of gets really cheesy. It starts to become self-aware of what it really is as the series oh. keeps going on. So, like, the oh, point dude, of its try- ridiculousness gets even out there compared to, like, what Halloween tries to do. Oh, fuck off, CJ. You know what? Fuck you. You know why? Because Halloween franchise only has three good movies from the original run. And I, I like the Rob Zombie movie, so there's an extra two. But compared to the original run for Friday the 13th, where I like six I'm and just a Because Friday the 13th 5 is ridiculous, but it's still good. Okay, I like Friday the 13th 5, but that's the one where it's not actually Jason, right? It is. That's for like the camera. No, that's... No, that's the one that is Roy. Oh, I'm thinking of... Am I thinking of six, then? 
I'm six trying to think of the one with the camp counselors. And oh I my don't... god, Siege, that's like every Friday the 13th fucking movie. But is it the one where he's like a, uh, comes back as like a Frankenstein zombie superhuman? Something like that, yeah. And there's like this that's punk ass part... kid. That, they dig probably... up. Oh, uh, because it starts with like some people digging up J- uh, Jason's corpse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's the kid from four and five digging up the corpse. Tommy Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah, and he gets in trouble because, like, nobody believes him and the police throws him in. And, like, his yeah, dog. That is, that is my favorite one out of a series. That's a great movie. I love it because it's ridiculous in the best fucking way. And I like how, um, they actually didn't really keep Jason as a superhuman all that long, technically, because it only. He came back as a zombie in that, and then there was only two other movies afterwards in the original run. And he was dead in five. But, uh, uh we'll get on this later. Why, why are we going over Friday the 13th right now on Halloween? Yeah, I, yeah, this is a conversation was, that we need to have more time to go in depth for another episode, because we're already past the hour mark. Yeah, and it, it was just an idea I had, but I didn't expect it. We, we will get into this. We'll definitely make it about Friday the 13th, because I love that. Of course, I want to just have a reason to talk shit about Part 8. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate Part 8, but I would love to talk about Texas Chainsaw, too. Oh, that's a good one. We can talk about the Matthew McConaughey one. Speaking of I actually, it's, I need to rewatch it, because, like, Every time I watch it, a tiny, just a little bit, tiny, just a tiny bit, start liking it more. Yeah, I mean, I don't completely hate it. I'm, you know, I'm. I mean, I don't completely hate it either. It's just sometimes it's hard for me to watch if I'm not in that kind of mood to watch it. I love like the explicitness that. of the conspiracy theories coming together in that one. <laughs> that is so <laughs> fucking dumb. Oh my. Have you seen the third one? Have you seen the yes. third one? Yes. <laughs> With uh, Kid Fury or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. But yeah, the fourth one with Matthew McConaughey is just wild. My the really, second is still my favorite. They really, they really make a stretch on that one. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're gonna go ahead and close this one out. I think yeah, I think we're. I think we're good. I think we're good. I didn't. I didn't really do much research, but I thought this. I thought we had a good conversation with a topic. Oh yeah, we were like an hour, ten minutes into this. So yeah, it's fucking we, good. We did good. We did good. We're still doing our social ice, our social distancing episodes. We're recording through Skype still because the way I thought I could record didn't work out. So I'm gonna keep doing some trial and error on different ways till I can get what I want, the quality that I want. Is, I'm guessing it's working all right for now, the quality and whatnot, you know. But you know, we're learning. We're learning. Just bear with us. Of course, things will improve once we can do this face-to-face again. But till then, we're we're trying to work on making something work and improve on that. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to let, leave it to it. Uh, let it be. Um, it's been another episode of It Came From The Shed, and it's been your host, Siege. 
I'm Goose, and I'm going to go use a crucifix in unholy places on my body. And stay spooky, and definitely don't do what Goose is doing. Unless I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, though, but I'm just saying I don't. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, I'll tell you after the show. All right, stay spooky. Stay spooky, y'all.